0: Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast in the multiverse. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Come and join me out on Twitter at Clinton Bonn. I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter at SeahawkersPod. And Brandon, we are limping. We are, we are wounded. We're possibly careening. Careening mm. might be the word of the day here careening into a terrible, no good season. Now at three and seven, the Colt McCoy led Cardinals carved us up and we drop another one at Lumen Field. So as not don't, we don't, don't three, use that name out,
1: around me, the name Colt McCoy <laughs> is synonymous with nightmare fuel uh, now yeah. for back-to-back seasons. So I, this, I challenge you bring up his name. Not one more time after this.
0: Not once, not twice, but thrice, right? All right. Well, let me give let me give a couple of macro observations as we get going that won't be in you know the nooks and crannies, as as it were. I just want to say a few things out of the gate and maybe get a couple of reactions from you here, Brandon. So, number one, Russ was actually a lot better. Not good, not good. I don't think yet. Um, however, he was a lot better in, in my estimation. So, quick, quick. Yes, no, maybe. So, how'd you feel about Russ's game versus the week previous? I'd say.
1: Yeah, I felt I I felt the well, the deep pass that probably shouldn't have been thrown to DK, but that was I had a it nice there. spiral on it. It it landed right where it needed to, in between the two defenders. Now, DK had to fight those guys off just to make sure that it wasn't picked, but uh good effort by him, nice throw by Russ, just uh not not a throw that you really want to make.
0: But he's done that before. I mean right. I mean, we see Malik oh, yeah. Turner split safeties and Tyler Lockett Eagles, probably you
1: know. catches that and it's a big play.
0: Yeah, very likely. You know, DK DK had the had the mama dropsies. He didn't didn't have his best game. Uh, you know, I and and you know Russ wasn't great. He missed some dudes. I mean Gerald Everett's probably still sitting there being like, dude, I'm still open in a I'm couple still of
1: open plays. in the end yeah. zone right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, and with that, he was still better. Russ is kind of you know to me, Russ is on the path to like maybe it's one more game, one and a half more games. But the deep ball looked a lot better. He was better. So like people are starting to kill him a little bit too. It's like, all right, you know, it's, 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 I just, just wanted to kind of put out there early that not good yet, but definitely on the track to better. The other macro observation, we don't defend the middle of the field, nor do we use the middle of the field. We talk about it every single week on three and three out. I won't say the dude's name, <laughs> but he, but he was a poor man's Mac Jones. Who was a poor man's Tom Brady. he carved us up, man. So like the middle of the field, why don't we defend it? And he, and he just, gut feelings
1: well apparently they look at the tape and they look what teams do in the weeks leading up and then they just assume that teams are going to do that exact same thing when they face the seahawks uh, according to some of the things that tyler's saying after the game Yeah. Um, yeah yeah i have no real explanation for it because watching especially that first half it was maddening you, you put it on the the YouTube highlights, right? You get the 12 minute video and it, and no, it strings you. all the plays together real quickly. So you can, yeah. you can, you can go right through the game. But one of the things it does, it shows you just kind of the, the tempo that the other team is working under it. You get a sense of that. And every time it was, it was the dude at quarterback for the Cardinals dropping back, hitting his <laughs> back foot, and then aiming at the guy over the middle who had a five yard cushion all the yeah. way around oh, yeah. him. And they yep. were just, yeah, pitch and catch all the way down the field until it was a touchdown. Well, until it was a penalty that set up a touchdown.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that uh, tr- true fact there. Uh, so much so, you know, the the one that really stands out is the bobbled snap where Connor's almost turning back to grab it because it's it's by his feet. He picks it up and can still still hit Ertz in stride. Are, for the we, are we just going to like, call him
1: Connor now? or do-
0: <laughs> No, no, no. Connor, well, James Connor turned okay. back to the ball.
1: <laughs> Because he, cause I, I he's you noticed, had changed the name of the quarterback. Oh no, 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 I'm
0: not. I'm not that smart. And it's, <laughs> but the ball was next to Connor too. And he was like, "Ooh, should I go grab that?" But no, the, the QB that shall not be named, Mac Jones Light, picked it up and fires it for a touchdown. Still, so it was just, it's battling. And then we don't, we don't do that. We do not use the middle, even our stuff to the tight ends. It's all in the flats. Maybe we worked, call actually.
1: him Ruger Hatfield, and then <laughs> R- just
0: Ruger Hatfield. I like it. I like it. All right. So that that's that's macro observation number two. Number three, I don't think we should be blaming Jamal Adams for all, all of our woes. Um, there's so much shade on him. And I think a lot of it is like he didn't make the trade, right? That wasn't he, he didn't go make that trade. And I don't think we're three and seven because Jamal Adams is playing bad football. Um, I thought it was actually pretty good in this game. There were some warts there, but I don't know how you feel about Jamal at this point because he's catching a lot. A lot of shade. I don't hmm. think it's. I don't. Really... I
1: don't necessarily have a complaint for him. For him. For this game, he had the one play that was almost a huge play, and then he had the foul at the goal line, which probably wasn't a foul because it was thrown over, you know, and beyond out of the reach of the catch of uh, the the tight ends uh, catch yeah. radius. Uh, but again, uh, Hatfield got rewarded for two bad throws that ultimately resulted in pass interference penalties.
0: Yeah, that that Hatfield is is he's uh, he's very he's very coy. That play you're talking about the goal line that was a that was a beautiful job by Adams to read that get over there. I still contest. I think I still want the explanation of how that is not a safety. I look at that and say the dude reaches out, he puts the ball on the ground, it springs back up, it goes back into his chest, into the end zone. He recovers in the end zone. Why no safety? Is that I, just I think it's because
1: the ground can't cause the fumble. I think when he
0: yeah, but he's not down yet you know if you're a receiver right and or like Isaiah McKenzie fumbled the kickoff uh that that set up uh, the Colts for one of Taylor's five touchdowns right um he catches the ball he runs he falls the ball pops out right like he's not down he's just in the, so the ground can't cause the fumble but he, i don't know i he's he's not tackled so and he's the one reaching out. So I just. The end zone's I, I a magical
1: place. Him. You can, you can catch <laughs> interceptions there and then drop them. And the, and they, they still count as interceptions. It's
0: right. And, and, and is that a wardrobe to, to Narnia? Like that, that half yard line reach across. Is that what happens? Like you step through the coats and you know, and then you're getting snowed on. You wanted little, an explanation.
1: Little... I gave you my best shot. It wasn't good enough. And so now you get explanation number two
0: yeah, you gave you gave me something. I'm not sure it's an explanation, but that's okay. That's okay. You gave it a shot at least. So all right, so this is three and three out. and Brandon, every single week, we know we know that when we don't win, we have to start with an out. However, I got something for you this week, Brandon. at three and seven, you know what I'm gonna do on this this edition of three and three out?
1: a special episode where you're three and seven and you get to start with an in anyway?
0: So no, a little, no, I wouldn't do that because that's just, that's just Bush league. I would never do that. I'm going to call a audible. I'm going to call a programming audible and we are not going to do a traditional three in three out. I've got different things I want to run through. I have five questions I've teed up where I want to fire them at you, get your answers and maybe have a little volley back and forth and three in three out be darned for the week because who the heck wants to recap this game?
1: On a very special episode this week of three and three out, they're not discussing ins nor outs. Let's see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, there's there's no ins, there's no outs. I mean, I know we had that rule where maybe we would do a six out one. This game to me it was worse, worse in myriad, myriad ways than the Packers shutout. This was a worse performance in myriad ways to me. This was a game where I think you could run the gamut and say and go with six outs. I didn't want to do that. So I hope you're okay with this, with this audible and this audible session and doing, doing a different type of uh, There's got to be
1: at least three ins and three outs when we get to from the flock. We'll we'll let the people in the flock cover the ins and outs for us.
0: Very good. Very good. And we are not ditching that section. I've got that queued up as you know. All right. So we're, 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 I'm at, I'm calling the Omaha Omaha. So first thing I want to know, these are the hard hitting questions I want to know about you, Mm. Brandon Schultz. First thing I want to know is number one, are you, a part of, are you on team blow it up? And if so, how do you define blow it up?
1: I am not on team blow it up. I am on team redemption story. I want uh, like,
0: okay. like, talk about like, it. Listen me to more. Russell
1: Wilson in the press conference where he's saying, you know, this is going to be a good story. And now I don't know if the story of the happy ending is going to come this year in terms of the story that I, I see brewing in Russell Wilson's mind. But uh, I, I think I, I like the idea of this year is, well, okay, if I am team blow it up, it's blow up everything that you're doing in terms of a process for how you prepare for a game, how you prepare for an opponent, how you uh, game plan for the offense. Because I want them to workshop the rest of the season. So that way, when they come back for uh, next year, they have a plan of attack and an idea on offense of identity that is different from what Pete Carroll has had traditionally and and so yeah if if i'm going to be on team blow it up it's it's going to be under that definition and then okay. the, you get the yeah. redemption story and they go onto the super bowl Pete Carroll John Schneider and Russell Wilson all hug it out on the podium as they hold up the super bowl trophy
0: okay so you got the lombardi in In January, February of 2023, the 2022 season with this long redemption arc. So it's not so much for you. It's not a Pete, Pete got to go yet. You're not, you're not there yet.
1: I think some of Pete's philosophies have to go.
0: Okay. All right. I I think for me, I've been thrusted strongly into, I think Pete's got to go territory. And, 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 and and I, and I've been a holdout. I've been a holdout for, for a while there. Uh, And I'm not blaming him. I mean, I, I I love the man. I love what he's delivered to to the team. Um, you know, nobody else has done that, and it was a. It's been a decade of, you know, for the most part, greatness. Um, it might be time though. It it, it may be time that it, that he moves on. We'll see. I don't know if he goes out. If he you know goes uh gently into the night there, or if he says no, like I, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and what kind of tumult that might that might produce in uh in in what will be an interesting offseason. So. That's an open question. All right. I have another one here, Brandon, for you. Remember, we got five. Five on this audible. Who, had, Who, in your opinion, has been the most disappointing Seahawk so far? We're at three and seven. By the way, these are not all negative uh, questions, but this one I want to get out there nice and early. Who's the most disappointing Seahawk this year so far?
1: You know, uh, one guy who I was counting on who hasn't shown up at all is Carlos Dunlap. I, that was a guy who... We credited with the Seahawks' defensive turnaround last season, and I feel like he's been MIA in terms of this year. Now, is he the most disappointing? Probably. I, that's who I'm going <laughs> to go might with. Be.
0: He might. I mean, the the, the D line's inability to really get home often. I mean, this this week we had the uh, the Monet Monet, right? Yeah. So the the, the money money came through it too. But beyond, beyond that, though, and, you know, and when you also, throw out Monet
1: too, uh, you know, in terms of of the money. I mean, Jamal Adams for the production versus the money, he would be up there for me. Uh, But in terms of, but, you know, no production and some money I, and, and the fact that they're not getting anything from a position that that they really need somebody at. Yeah. I think I got to go Dunlap.
0: Dunlap's a a, a solid choice. The, The dude I was thinking of while this was, this whole audible system thing was in my brain was for me was Jordan Brooks. And it's he's young. It's a it's, it could just be, hey, it's a sophomore thing. He's gotta, he's gotta you know learn and get better. Um going back to the middle of the field, just being wide open, th- there was th- there was this whole criticism coming out of what was he, Texas Tech. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Do I got that right? Yeah, Texas yeah. Tech that he couldn't cover, right? And it was like, well, wait a second, if you go back and watch his his earlier tape, he was actually quite good at it. But then I think it was his senior year where where they had him moving around and, and doing all sorts of different things. Um, he's struggling. He is, I saw the stat line of of like when they targeted him or Bobby, which is difficult because linebackers can get there's tons of mismatches and it happens all the time. But the stats still didn't lie. I think it was like 15 of 17 or 17 of 19. uh, Just an incredible amount of completion percentage just picking on, on Brooks. To me, he was the dude where I wasn't expecting him to just take over for KJ Wright and like just do everything KJ does so well. Um, But I was expecting, I was expecting a lot more, um, a lot more kind of bursts of, of, amazingness from him too, where we've seen only a couple of times, like literally a handful throughout the entire year where it was like, Ooh, you know, Brooks really stood out there. And then, and then it's a lot of malaise and a lot of just seeming, seemingly that he's not in the right positions quite yet. Doesn't really get it quite yet. And being, a year and a half into his career and the fact of a three and seven for me, he kind of lands in that, that reverse podium at this point. Any, anything coming up for you about, about Jordan?
1: Man, I just think that's awfully cute, Clinton, that you still, <laughs> you have like expectations for a first round draft pick. That's, that's, uh, admirable.
0: Uh, you know, that that's a fun I, – I, I like the, the snark. I enjoy <laughs> that. And, yes, I do have expectations. And I have expectations of a second-round pick and a dude who's who's got to be on this reverse podium too is D. Eskridge and, not be, and maybe not because of him. Mm. I mean, I can't blame the dude for getting hurt. Uh, you know, Corbin Smith was tweeting up out about, um, you know, the, the delta between the first game, which we've all captured at this point. And, you know, I, I retorted with, I don't know how or why, but I'm convinced that D. Eskridge is somehow this keystone, like this thing that Waldron needed to put inside this puzzle piece to make this offense do what it was supposed to do in his brain. And without him there, it just doesn't go. It, it doesn't go the way he expects it to go. But now he's back and he's, he's what do he you have, 11 snaps? Is that 11, just, yeah. I said? So, so I don't get it. But again, Russ being better, he was under center. There was motion. There was some play action. When we did play action, we were wildly successful. But it's like let's not do those things a lot. Let's let's just, let's go back to the things that don't work. It was just very very confusing.
1: You know, if I'm going to pick a second round pick that has me disappointed, I got to go back a couple of years to Marquise Blair. He's a guy on defense that I had high expectations for that. Again, injuries is an issue, but it's a, it's a guy that I I expected big things from and just it's never materialized.
0: Uh, it's, it's a good selection too. And you know, this, this could get into the John Schneider territory of, of the misses we have had. And unfortunately they are, they are ample. They're, they're not all at all swings and misses. And we'll talk about some, some of the, the surprise Seahawks in a second too. Um, So some names might, might come up, but, but Marquise Blair is a good one because he, from that like first preseason, he just looked like a little bit of like Earl Thomas back there, a little bit of that, like wild side, you know, uh, he would just come off the screen and just attack the ball and, and dart at the ball with, with incredible aggressiveness. And, he just hasn't been very good so far. Plus, you know, two years in a row. Now now he's dinged, which is which is just which is kind of tragic. So all right, let's let's quickly bounce. Let's quickly bounce here, Brandon. Why don't we go into who's your biggest upside surprise, Seahawk, so far this year? Three and seven, but it's not, it's not all you know tear drops here. It's not all garlic and onions here. It's a. Uh, there's, there's some, uh, there's some, there's some good things happening. I mean, Who's it's, your it's
1: garlic and onions. When I think about the guy that I would have had the answer for here being Trey Brown. And now that he's out for the season. Yeah. Thanks for bringing this one up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This, this Trey Brown, Trey Brown's my choice too. Right. And, and, and it's, it is such a bummer. Um, such a bummer that he's, he's now lost to the season, but I mean, why don't, why don't you go on about what you, what you've seen, what you've seen and why it kind of gets you, hopeful for hopefully that 2023 raising a Lombardi as you just uh you know called that before
1: oh are we are we still talking about Trey Brown then just because the the physicality the the I mean he had his moment to cover AJ Green who yeah he's lost a little bit of a step but I I felt like a rookie going up against a veteran like that this would be his opportunity to to kind of it prove to himself that's and I got the sense that that he knew that uh he had proven himself but this was really an opportunity to cover a guy that you know listening to him leading up to this game that you know he he kind of uh sees AJ Green you know as as you know the veteran type of guy that yeah. he was looking forward to going against and then he has the opportunity and then to get injured doing it man i i just i feel so for, bad for the guy and i'm, I'm i sure hope that whatever comeback that he can do that that uh it's he can do it in a way that brings him back to the level that that we saw him play these last couple
0: games at this was the biggest gut punch for me like three and seven is bad and and, you know obviously just whatever that's that's obvious the the biggest gut punch for me this last game and i think of the season so far was losing trey brown the way we did it's and and in a game too you thought you called that earlier He gets flagged for a PI at the half yard line that in, I don't understand what the refs are looking at there. This, and it's not just Seattle, like every game you go watch, there are egregious, horrible PI penalties called. And it was just another one, you know, he, and then you got, you got Jonathan Vilma in the booth being like, Oh, that's an obvious flag. (laughs) He didn't get his head around. It's like dude. It was an underthrown you... pass. Uh, they hey, uh, again, they're reco- they're rewarding yes. Hatfield for a bad throw. But and he did get his head around. He turned and tried to yeah, play the ball. It was a little late. Ha- it was
1: a little but, bit but, late. But, but, he, but he
0: has a right to go for the thing. I mean, basically, the rule with that is like you can't face guard if you. E- it's like it's like you know, it's like if you're. I mean. I despise people who can't use their their blinkers in their car because like literally you're almost touching it with your left hand the entire time. So use your friggin' blinker people. But it's almost like, you know, you see a cop at the last second and you're, and you're three quarters of the way through the turn. So you throw, throw the blinker on. Even if you do that, you're not going to get face guarding because you you made the attempt to get around so late or, you know, a little late this way or that way. It's it's the it's like it's the attempt. Did you try to get around? Did you start to get around? He obviously did. It's a horribly thrown, you know, under under thrown ball. And he has a right to try to go pursue the ball. It's it's maddening, maddening. And then the way the way he hurt his his knee, that kind of like weird buckle on another bad pass. That's not a good pass. If that's a good pass in stride. Trey Brown doesn't have to like, you know, break it down and try to limbo and like buckle his knee the way he did. So I I just, I feel for the young dude. Freaking Hatfield, would you call him Hatfield? (laughs) Hatfield, right? (laughs) Gotcha. Now I get it. Now I understand. Oh, I get what you did there. Very nice. But Hatfield, underthrowing the friggin' ball, needs to do better. So anyway, that's a, uh, that to me was also, he's the biggest upside and now the biggest gut punch because I'm going to miss watching that guy play. Even if we didn't win another game this year the joy of watching him play cornerback and grow that was fun and, and and what he was doing with jamal out there and like the friendship that you could see was kind of growing it's gonna be sorely missed man so all
1: right so and, i got man, a few more well, it, just before we go on what does yeah, it tell please. you i cannot come up with another single guy even to list that we have to go with a guy who just got hurt i i, I it's kind of gerald a problem everett, right okay okay maybe if you push me i could i could say gerald everett
0: Yes, I mean, well, you know, I think we talked about Quandre Diggs a couple of weeks ago, and Quandre Diggs has been a steady Eddie. He's just been good. He just and that's been.
1: That's it. He's he's just been good.
0: Uh, he's got three three ints, and he's he's not getting burnt over the top. Right, it's not like we're getting nobody. I, he's, okay, but again, field.
1: he's a guy who's meeting my expectations. He's not exactly. exceeding. No,
0: them. I, hey, but that's why we're three and seven. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's exactly. why we're three and seven. You know, it's not it's not like we could be like, oh yeah, Michael Dixon has put the ball on the two yard line seventeen times this year. And He's surprised. You know, it's like no, it's like it's just it hasn't been that. So you're right, Gerald Everett might be that next dude. And then it's like, well, the guy's got to get his touches, and when he does get his touches, he's clearly a very very uh, capable tight end. Um, but we spent half a year without really feeding in the ball, so. You know, again, back back to Shane, the main brain. Very very interesting. Yeah. So I do have. I did just mention uh, Quandre Diggs. So if you remember earlier in the year when the defense was really struggling, and by the way, the defense really struggled this game too, like quite a bit. But early in the year when the defense was really really the culprit, they would ask Quandre Diggs about certain things. He's like, I don't know. Like I'm ba- basically saying like I'm doing my job. You know. Like <laughs> at, at that point, it was it was the Trey Flowers. He's like, dude. He's like, I'm Batman in Gotham. My, my city's under control. These other metropolises, I can't, I can't speak for them. So you got Diggs on one side of the ball. You mentioned Lockett earlier. Lockett's been chirpy. Lockett's been vocal after games, being like, yeah, it's kind of coaching. And like, and the way Diggs was framing things up was, yeah, it's kind of coaching, you know, and, and maybe talent level as well. My question for you is, they've both been rather vocal. These are dudes who are expensive, more expensive on our team resources, and coming up on on a year where you 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 either extend them or potentially move on from from these dudes. Do you think, whatever our end end record is, do you think either of those dudes, both those dudes, or one and one are a Seahawk when it comes to next year?
1: If I had to pick, I, I would go Lockett's a Seahawk next year, and Diggs is not. And I think that's it's more of well. Diggs being in the last year of his contract, uh, the, <laughs> it's probably more of the reason why I'm leaning the way I am, but I think that they they need Tyler and they they need his ability on offense. Whereas I think there are, you know, with with Ryan Neal with Marquise Blair, I, I think that they could they could find somebody that uh, that can take take over for Diggs. I, I just I don't know the dynamic within the locker room. It, it's tough to know. You know, the the persona that we see at the podium in front of the media, if if that plays into some of the locker room dynamic or not, I I don't get the sense that um you know, as much as people are making out this uh Tyler Lockett stuff that he was saying as a shot at the coaches, I, I didn't necessarily see that because he talked about agreeing with Pete in in many ways, and then it, it was more of um There is a coaching issue there that he's referring to in the sense that if they're preparing for a game, expecting to see what other teams have done and and just thinking that that's automatically how they're going to play this team and not looking at it historically and saying, well, what is it that we don't do well and what our Mm. defense is going to do to try and put pressure on our offense? If they're not seeing that, then that's absolutely a coaching problem, too. And I don't know that there has to be some recognition there to change the way they operate so they can fix that part of it.
0: Yeah. No, I think that that's, I think that's fair. I think that's good analysis too, that it's, it's maybe avoid the hyperbole train. Maybe it's not it chirping so much versus just trying to give a thoughtful answer and, and back to, Hey, we are just going to look at what a team does ex- historically. And it's like with uh, Kingsbury there, a lot of their game has has typically been, you know, the bubble screen stuff. Whether and this year, whether that's to, to Moore, who had eleven catches, I think this week. But there's no D hop, and they just didn't do any of that. Even the stuff to Moore, for the most part, it was still so much of the game was like in between the hashes, and, and, like right in the middle of the field. Yeah. And if you set up a Cardinals, guy with
1: five yards of padding uh, all yeah. around him, and uh, gee, I wonder where the football is gonna go. Yeah. And yep. and I and I think that's why a guy like Diggs could be frustrated because okay, I'm the guy that has to play the free safety role that's you know to I can't be the guy to be on that guy because it's just not my role. So yep. why why are they not uh, scheming it up so that okay, yes, you have your zone, but when a guy comes out of the backfield and is, you know, it's it's just so clear when you go back and you watch it that that's yes. where the ball is going to go. They send everybody deep. They leak a guy out, and he has all this room. That's where that's where they're going to go with the football.
0: It was every. It was it was just it was it was on repeat, and it was so easy. And when you said earlier, you know, hey, the the defense was really really bad in the first half, but not so much the second half. You know, kind of paraphrasing there. I say I hear that. However, the you know when we got within. Three right, that's what we we got to, to with him with the touchdown. Then we give up that touchdown drive. Like they just shred us. They just and it's and it's it's the and I don't know how you felt. We finally get the touchdown. Where DJ DJ walks into the end zone. We put together a good drive. I did not have a a bone or two in my body being like we're gonna stop frigging the, the Hatfield led Cardinals. I didn't think we were gonna get a stop. I was just I was like they're gonna they're gonna march this ball down eat clock. And either get three with nothing left, or, or they're going to score. You know, they'll just find a way to score. Uh, I just don't know how you felt after we after we cut the lead to three. Were you feeling, hey, we're going to get the stop that that we've been kind of lacking?
1: I I was I was trying to be optimistic, yeah, <laughs> but I, realistically, they, just because the way the defense had played throughout that game what what they didn't do was they they had their opportunities and they missed field goals, so,
0: yeah, correct. Uh, you know, yeah. you
1: had the one at the end of the the second quarter, and then they had another long drive where uh they got inside the red zone and missed a field goal again. So, yeah, they this probably should have been more of a blowout than a close game,
0: I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I was. I always try to remain optimistic that we'll get the play. Oh, I don't know. We'll get a, I don't know, a Sidney Jones interception that seemingly is is, is it an interception every other week, and we'll get the ball, whatever, the 11-yard line or wherever he stepped out. But no, 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 that's that's not this week. That This week, I guess the end zone for that one, Brandon, I guess the end zone, the magic zone where rules don't exist, just shifted a little bit randomly for that play. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's the right call, but I've seen the same play where the dude has it, the ball touches the ground and it doesn't jostle still called a, you know, a, a reception or interception or possession. Um, so that was, that was another, this game was a bunch of gut punches <laughs> is what it boils down to. We it got, we, look, we
1: you know, it's weird when you feel like you catch a break because a guy, yes. uh, has his knees down with his hands on the ball, but then loses the ball as True, he's right. gone out of the end zone. and, and yes, it's not a catch, but you feel like it's a break because of so many breaks that just go against you so many other times. That's where we're at.
0: Yeah, that's that's and, and again, that's what three and seven feels like. And it's been, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while. And looking back, I could be I could be historic. I could be nostalgic. I could be thankful. It is Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. Um, I could be thankful for the, for this Decade of, of really good football, and of course, even beyond that, that the, the Hasselback uh, Holmgren era—it's been a good era of Seahawks football. I hope it, I hope it's not blow it up territory. So that would lead me to my my last question for this this Audible three in three out for this week. Would you rather? This is a this is a uh, you know a little binary here. Would you rather go four and thirteen or eight and nine?
1: Eight and nine. Why? Screw the Jets. I do not want them to have a top five pick.
0: That's it. Okay. <laughs> All right. But let's say let's say okay. I hear you. I hear you. However, let's say it's a the third pick overall that the Jets receive, right? Yeah. Cool. Could we you can we use the thirty fifth pick overall? Sure. Yeah.
1: I mean that's fine. But this is it, the, the thirty fifth. The
0: thirty fifth pick overall is basically a first rounder. Don't, we don't you don't get the five year option, of course, but you also don't got to pay that much money for the bonus for a first rounder. They're going to pick I a third
1: like, or fourth it's... rounder guy with talent wise at that spot anyway. And
0: <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah. We'll take a dude at 35, but have like, oh, him right. at
1: 45 instead of 35. You know, you yeah. know how it goes.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, we, we pass on Nick Chubb. We pass on Jonathan Taylor, the the whole thing already. Right. So I, mean, I guess right.
1: that, I guess if you're saying you're four and 13, it's more of the, the The team blow it up wants four and 13 to really make it, um, obvious I suppose
0: good point good point that that's a yeah if you're 4 and 13 just sorry to cut you off but I think there's um there's at, at did we see anybody quit yet I could I could make an argument the very last play that last touchdown where Connor walks it in Jamal Adams certainly didn't want to tackle him you know he, he just kind of olays him it is at the half yard line I'm not I mean I think it was uh what's his face softy um who blew that up and said, this is outrageous. You can't, you know, we're paying you all this money. You, you gotta at least try to lay, lay a lick on this guy. I can't argue with that, with that analysis, but, but you're right. If, if it's four and 13, um, I think at that point it means the team quit along the way, which might be curtains.
1: That that's where it would lead me for sure. Um, and since I am team blow it up in terms of philosophy, but not in terms of personnel, uh, then I, I think that the eight and nine way to go is the, uh, it's the one where you have more hope for the off season and the following year.
0: I hope so. I hope, I hope you're correct. I'm, I'm torn on that one. I, i, I kind of think we need, we need the draft capital with with this team at this point, but we shall see. So I, I want thought to see be fun. good
1: games. I wanted to see winning football for the rest well, of the, you know, I always mean, prefer, listen. prefer wins over loss. It's better to oh, win than me.
0: lose. I, I I agree. I'm with you, and and I and I wish you know. I, I, well, that's it. I'm with you. I am with you on, on that. And and hey, there's nothing saying we can't go on an epic run and still make the playoffs. I mean, there's lots of things saying that, but there's nothing saying that it, it's not a possibility.
1: It, right? It's so, it is a possibility. It is. Uh, I give it about a three percent chance.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it might be that at this point. This is one of those where it's like the ESPN machine says 6%. I'm like, eh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure because, and then you look, it's like, all right, well, you know what? The Washington football team, well, they're, they're, playing, they're playing better. You, know, like you look at the Niners, like, all right, well, the Niners are playing better. I know we quote unquote own the Niners. They're playing better, right? The Texans have gotten some wins. This is like, oh boy, like you know, you you, you could see it. Yeah, when,
1: when two weeks ago we were looking at all the bad teams as easy as easy wins, and now we're going, ooh, yeah. I don't know. Now we
0: we might, yeah, we might not win this a yeah. hey, Monday night versus the WFT. I I'd say it's less than flip a coin. Seahawks win that game at this point. Just you know the way the way we're playing. but the, yeah. they just came off of two two nice Ws. It's Monday night primetime and their their place, they have way more momentum than we do. Heineke,
1: I know he can hit checkdowns with guys that have five yards of padding around them. So that, that man, has me
0: concerned. You, you, you raise, you're a smart man and you raise a great, great, great point because there's not that much difference between Hatfield and Heineke. There's not that much difference. Heineke is is a more of a, an escape artist and unfortunately we saw Hatfield get out of three or four Houdini style tricks where we thought we had sacks on him, which was just, just insane. Yeah, I I
1: didn't expect to see us lined up across from Lamar Jackson in this game, but uh, we saw some Lamar Jackson type plays
0: Uh, on unreal. Okay. So, so that was a different type of three and three out. We do hope you enjoyed the, the audible to go through what I thought would be some more fun, uh, fun, fun questions of debate to go into these five questions, you know, just to, just to put a wrinkle in here because at three and seven, that's the thing. Sometimes you got to call a trick play. At three and seven, sometimes you got to go for it on, on fourth and seven from your own 37-yard line. You got to do these things sometimes. So that's what I was feeling. I'm, I'm glad you were able to just vibe along with it and, and roll with it because you didn't know what was coming. However, one thing we will not get rid of is, of course, from the flock. So, Brandon, why don't you tell the good people of Earth how can they get involved? With the podcast and everything that you and, and then you know that you do on a week in, week out basis.
1: You can become a member of the flock at getintheflock.com or patreon.com forward slash flock. It is the flock, Clinton, that will tell us that if this audible that we ran resulted in a touchdown or a check down to a tight end that immediately gets tackled for a six-yard loss.
0: Yes, I, I have a feeling it may be the latter, but we we shall see. It's it's all good. It's all good. So, like I said, you gotta try. You got you gotta put the 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 the, the uh, flea flicker to the tight end for a loss of seven into the playbook every now and again. So let us march on over to from the flock. I'll kick things off here. We have uh, Bailey Lyborn out on Twitter at Bailey Bailey and we have in the field goal drive in the second talking about the intermediate crossing route to lock it. Where he kind of breaks open down the sideline, and by the way, if you remember this play, um, I was starting to do the stand up on the couch because I didn't think there was another safety back there. I thought I just thought Lockett was about to go, and then he steps out of bounds, and, and then I was like, "Oh, why did he step out of bounds?" And and then there was there was still one more dude to beat that he probably was was not going to beat one to one, but beautifully drawn up play, and it was like one of those things where it's like, okay, some of this stuff is popping, but we have no flow and we don't have consistency.
1: Yeah, and you have to wonder, too, if that ball gets there a little bit sooner, if Lockett's Correct. then yeah. able to turn up the field a little bit easier without the momentum kind of carrying him out of bounds. But great um, Chris Farnsworth comes in via Twitter at Chris Farnswar14, and he says Ruger Hatfield. Uh, <laughs> I, I, You know, Chris, I, I like that you had the foresight to use the the quarterback's alternate name in your tweet. 31 for 37 with three drops out to our defensive game plan also comes in and says out our offensive line's ability to block Chandler Jones.
0: Yeah. So I mean, Chris in in one, one fell swoop here, uh, you know, puts it, that's it. That's it. Right. I mean, basically, basically saying Hatfield's 34, 37 with the drops. They're all, they're mostly over the middle dinks and dunks. And the one thing we asked for in Seahawks, what if we were like, if we could keep, keep a clean sheet versus, versus Chandler Jones, I gotta tell you, the sheets were anything but clean versus Chandler Friggin' Jones, man. We had a messy, messy sheet, and uh, you know, I, I, it's I'm gonna keep it right there. I'll keep it clean because it was it was a disgusting effort versus a dude who always gets sacks against us, man. All right, let's we're marching on here. So we got Chris Chris in the Seahawks Pod Ring of Honor. He he hashtags it three i three o. He goes out third and long running back dive this is that third and 20 play where we take a big sack and we all know it's coming and we don't want it to come. And we're like, you know what, just trying maybe try to go get 15 yards, go get 12 yards, get into a fourth and seven at midfield, get into a fourth and five. But no, we do a, a little, you know, dive to, uh, to Travis Homer. We all know it's coming. He gets basically nothing. And we're punting right near midfield again. And it's just so funny freaking disappointing. You know, you are allowed to throw the ball on third and 20. You can try to convert on third and 20. You don't have to just hand the damn ball off and pump the ball away. It's just yeah.
1: ridiculous. Throw a ball toward the end zone under yeah. throw it. And so the guy has to go over th- the top of the defender and draw a flag. That I mean, that's, that's what you do in that situation. And this is, if I'm going to put the, uh, start building the pile, uh, that I'm blowing up in terms of philosophy. <laughs> Yeah, I think this play might be at the center of that pile. That one and uh, the the fade pass uh to DK in the end zone. Like that that but that one doesn't go in the center, but it's 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 within the blast radius.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a it, it's a piece of, of you know crinkled paper that that's just just helping to helping to to spur the uh, the spur of the fire on a bit cuz you you crinkle it, you twist it, you twist it. But yeah, that's a uh, there's a couple things there, Brandon, that, that I I I could keep going on about, but we've got more from the flock, so keep keep on rocking.
1: Well, yeah, uh, Bubble Guts, I think, has my my other aspect to this. <laughs> With the end being a healthy dose of booing, which might be more motivational than any hyped-up coach speech, the booze rained down on that third and twenty give up play. And yes, they need Pete Carroll needs to know, just like he had to make it known when he threw a flag. Uh, to challenge a play on a spot call on what was a fourth and one, like just to yell at the official. It was, I, I just wanted the the fans to boo Pete in that situation, to let him know that uh, that decision uh, to, to, to give up on third and 20 was the wrong one.
0: Yeah. Uh, so just, just like the, just like the challenge was, I mean, the moment the red flag comes out, I, we're, we're sitting in the discord and we're just like, everybody's just like, what, why? Like we, we, in real time, we could all see it. I think it was Connor. It's like, all right, it's fairly close, but Connor clearly got at least a half yard more than where he had to be. And the, the challenge flag, it's like, what are we Pete? Pete, what are you doing? So anyway, we're moseying on. This one, this one will help. B Wags biceps in the, in the Discord it says, in alcohol, out, everything else. You know, on this Sunday, maybe not a bad, maybe not a bad game plan there, B
1: Wags. Yeah, so we got two of our ends being booing Pete Carroll and alcohol.
0: <laughs> yep, you know we're 3-7 and seven when, right? And another
1: end to B-Wag's biceps, in to Christian Kirk doing a great job on run defense. Yes, tackling Connor in the backfield to help get a stop. Nice, nice work by Christian Kirk, <laughs> helping out our Seahawks defense.
0: Yeah, somebody's got to do it there, right? So I'm going to hop over to Hong Kong Hawk. Sometimes he closes things out for us, but we're audibling all day today, so... Hong Kong Hawk in the Discord says, not going to be a fun offseason. No first round draft pick. Relentless Russell nonsense. And worst of all, Pete will surely not fire himself. He triple stamps it out, out, out. That's thrice outs.
1: Designed Pete's Beach House comes in with a real in for Collins trucking through as much as he possibly can. Great heart.
0: Another disappointing thing that Collins got, whatever amount, just in total, we ran the ball 16 times again like that that's you know it's and and there's another team in the NFL who has found an identity with a young quarterback who himself runs the ball a lot. Don't know if I'm dropping enough breadcrumbs for you there Brandon but are you you picking up what I'm putting down?
1: I think so. But why don't you go ahead and say it?
0: Okay. The Philadelphia Eagles have become a competent and potentially a pretty decent football team by establishing the run and running the heck out of the football. Um, I, I just 10 years on with, with Russ now where he's still kind of hurt and we, and we have this philosophy where we want to run the football. Well, then why don't we run the football? It, it's just it, it again, I'm going to, I'm going to tamper down my negativity for the rest of this. So we, so we can close out in some fun fashion. I'll hop to uh, Josh to human. I say fun fashion, but it's an out. He goes out. He goes, me not being at the game because the last game I was at was the Jags. So basically, Josh is saying, send me to the games at Lumen Field. I will guarantee you victories. Josh, we need to go fund me for you, bud.
1: You know, we might just have to make sure Josh is there for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, Design Pete's Beach House. Everywhere.
1: Another out drops over and over and over. Hey, maybe if you weren't running, maybe, maybe if you were running the ball there, you wouldn't have to worry about the wide receiver drops
0: yeah yeah it was it was a sloppy game. the The will disley drop was we talked about it was it was gut punches, gut punches across it's like football to the groin, mole man style all day long, but without Homer Simpson laughing in in the theater, it was just football to the groin, football to the groin, football to the groin. And when will disley turned tr- turned up field before he caught the ball and that then it made it third down and long. it was just like, oh man, you can't you can't drop things right in your bread basket. however, at three and seven, Brandon, it kind of feels like the Seahawks have dropped the whole darn thing right in their breadbasket this year.
1: It feels that way, but oh man, Russell—he has the the thought in mind that this it's going to end well somehow, and so I can't wait. I can't wait to see what our quarterback has in store for us.
0: You know, if there's if there's going to be a story book ending here, it's got to start Monday. He likes the bright lights. We've, I think we've been a better road team than, than we have been an away team for probably two seasons now. We're going off to play the the WFT. Hey, um, I'm not averse to this idea of this magical mystery tour where we get back in this thing. You know, I could be fooled again. I'm okay. I'm, I am 100% in where it's like three weeks from now. We're like, oh boy, we still got a shot. You know, we, we rattle off three in a row somehow, two in a row, and we start to get that feeling back that we could do it. I'm in for that. I will be fool me one more time. I'm fine with that. Hurt me, Seahawks. I want to be hurt one more time this season because I don't want to be apathetic about the rest of the year. So hurt me one more time and go get a freaking W this Monday night and just get me back. Believe it.
1: And I think with that,
0: there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.